from the darkest circles of the warp, the Chaos Gods send forth their most brutal and powerful of servants. Using the tides of the nether, the form each of these beasts take could resemble any form of the four Chaos Gods when manifesting in the material realms. When they fight, however, they fight in unison, whether this is battling in the webway or planetfall somewhere. The demons of the end of empires are always eager to slay souls in service of the Chaos Gods. To fight the end of empires, the army must be prepared for an onslaught of their every sense, from howling screeching to fearsome beasts, each manifestation of the demons in this force being more terrifying than the last. The end of empires has come. So, a uh, a little bit different of an intro today on today's podcast. Today we're looking at um, an army that I'm actually very, 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 very passionate about, um, but not as invested in it as I would want to be. Now, there is very simple reason as to why, but I'm going to give you a little background as to this army. Now, you may have already guessed, it's demons this week. Uh, we're actually focused on, focusing on demons of the Ruined Storm for Warhammer Horus Heresy. So it's a little bit different than uh, the 40k or Age of Sigmar. Um, this week, uh, we're going to deep dive into it a little bit. We're going to start out where I started out, and that is all the way back in Covent Garden. And yeah, so I actually started the army, and it was actually my first Warhammer 40,000 army uh, before I did Dark Eldar. Now, I actually brought it up a little bit in Strategic Painting a History, the podcast that we did before. Now, I actually started Chaos Demons um, straight away when I first joined in the horror, in the, the hobby, actually, because um, for, this is for Warhammer 40,000. Um, because I was actually in the middle of a discussion between uh, uh, two of the, the workers at Covent Garden, two of my friends, and they were saying how there's no particular good guys in, in 40k and the fact that everyone believes is very a personal is a very personal hobby. Like if you believe what in what the Emperor's doing, then you're pretty much gonna choose a, a Space Marine, you know, an Imperium army. That, that believes in what the Emperor's doing. Now, I was just being the stick in the mud and sort of playing devil's advocate and said, well, what's, you know, what's the opposite of that? What, you know, what's the what's the epitome of evil um, for this system? And everyone, it was a unanimous vote that Demons of the Runestorm was that. And I actually started with um, getting, start collecting boxes didn't exist at the time. It was a battalion box, I believe. And I actually got a, a sort of a plethora of units. Can't remember exactly what. I know I ended up with some plague bearers and some blood letters and a, a chariot and you know all these different bits and i i had that for a while and i actually stopped doing demons for one very simple uh, uh, sort of arbitrary reason um when i went to pick up the models or when i was painting the models i just got absolutely sick to the back teeth of getting stabbed by spikes 
Now, I know the demons are very spiky, the chaos iconography is very spiky. I was just fed up of like picking up a model and it's stabbing me or, you know, uh, painting something and it catch me and scratch me or um, it would break a horn or, a, you know, a spike off if, you know, I accidentally caught it at the wrong angle. So I actually gave up on demons and they just got put in a box and I had this sort of backlog box of just bits of models that were half painted that, you know, weren't painted, that were just built, that were missing arms, missing legs, things like that. And it was only recently that I actually thought, you know what, demons are something that I will happily look at a little bit more. And it was because Rody, Minion, Barnsey and I did a Tale of Gamers and we decided we were going to do a Tale of Gamers for the Horus Heresy and it was just after Malevolence had come out um, so I was hot on the heels of doing Demons. Um, I actually think I bought the book Malevolence before we agreed that we were doing the Tale of Gamers because I was just so interested in seeing how the Demons played and let me tell you I was not disappointed. They are... Uh, with the warp rift markers and the things that you can take and do with them, a very powerful uh, army if used right. Um, now that's not to say that they've got their flaws. Uh, I think a lot of the Horus Heresy armies have flaws, um, but the demons, you know, the way I wanted to play, it it made sense. You know, it made sense that I would do a, a demon army um, with these new rules and try it out and see how I would counter and you know win games against people that were very familiar with rules um, and the armies that they'd chosen whereas this these rules had just come out so it's sort of like you know I, I was a bit earlier with you know getting the familiarity so I started with sort of you know getting in blood letters just you know building and painting up blood letters and getting them so that I'd got uh, you know troops that I could use um, I already had some of the demon princes like Lord of Lords of Change and um, Kairos Fateweaver and um, Scarbrand Bloodthirster I already had all these models just because when they came out they were cool I was perhaps either working at you know Tottenham Court Road or in the local store here um, and you know I was just buying them to, to paint up and work on to show customers and stuff so you know it was they were kicking about the models so I didn't actually have much to buy for it I think I just bought extra extra blood letters so I had more troops and uh, the occasional herald I think I also think I got um, just just to add it in and bulk it out kind of thing so they were an army that I absolutely thrived with painting. Now, I'm going to just talk about the cornate side of stuff first. So the, the, the blood for the blood god and, you know, the, the demons of rage and battle and blood um, first. And then I'll move on to the other gods um, afterwards. But I basically wanted to, you know, get um, them all sort of looking good enough to be able to be playing in this Tale of Gamers army, but also to... Um, very much a theme I didn't want to have lots of different colored armies um, models on in my army to start off with now that meant that you know I was getting the demon prince from Forge World that comes with the herald I was painting him up so that he matched I also got Samus um, since reading I think it's the flight of the eyes and flight of the Eisenstein 
um, I think it was reading that when Samus first comes in uh, to the Horus Heresy and I was actually listening to the audiobook of it years ago and when you hear I think it's I think it's Jonathan Keeble who re- reads that one I know he reads he reads the later ones but um, when you hear him sort of come really close to the, the microphone and go Samus is coming Samus is here it was something that actually really you know it added that thing I'm a, I'm a drama student um, by trade I actually went to university to study drama and that sort of thing the um, the fact that it was adding to this immersion really sort of spoke out to me and I always wanted Samus from you know reading Fly to the Eisenstein and then hearing sort of this whole like madness that he can bring about his enemies and stuff and how he can get inside their heads so Samus was an easy choice there for that one um, I also had quite a few blood crushers that um, didn't have riders they were the blood crushers that came with demons on their backs not the blood knights um, I think they're called um, for Age of Sigmar but they're the, the juggernaut basically by itself so um, I painted them up as beasts just to have sort of like the the same aesthetic as the rest of the army because the, the Chaos Brutes hadn't actually come out yet um, and I didn't really fancy the old uh, the, the hound variant of um, the cornate dog looking thing I can't remember what they're called uh, off the top of my head so yeah so I got some blood crushers um, to add in I also because I had one bloodthirster and scarbrand I also thought you know what I I looked at the rules I saw commander I'd known about commander for years obviously with his sort of battles with Sanguinius being legendary um, I know Angrath he's called in 40k the big demon the bloodthirster from Fordroad is sort of a good use as um, Cabanda uh, I think even in the artwork of the actual Malevolence book the profile actually has um, Angrath as Cabanda the artwork actually has that model uh, featured so to me it made absolute sense to use uh, to get a um, uh, the the, War, the Warhammer World or the Forge World, sorry, the Forge World uh, Bloodthirster, uh, Angrath, to use him as commander, and I absolutely loved painting him. Now, I changed his whip because I, I I felt that the whip that it comes with is, you know, a little bit sort of not super detailed and a bit precarious. The fact that it can snap off quite easily, so I actually gave him a Bloodthirster whip that comes in the Bloodthirster set with the flames, the flaming Ica. And I actually think it fits it quite well. Now I sort of had to green stuff it and pin it and make it so sturdy, but I don't regret doing it. It just adds that bit of extra uniqueness to a model that I couldn't really make much, uh, do much converting with the the way that he's built. So yeah, so I've got... um, I've got Commander, I've got a Bloodthirster and a Scarbrand and I think 40 blood letters along with the um, Blood Crushers and um, Heralds and Demon Princes and stuff. So yeah, that's pretty much the size of the Cornate stuff. What I'll do now is the we'll go on to the Nurgle stuff. So Nurgle, as I mentioned before, I actually had some uh, Plague Bearers already. Um, those were models that I got, as I say, years ago, Covent Garden. Um, I had got Beast of Chaos when it first came out, the the thing with tentacles coming out of the back of its head, um, and painted one of those up when it came out, just because it's a cool model and it fit really well with sort of the, the scheme that I was doing at the time for the Plague Bearers. Now, 
the plague bearers I knew were in a box buried somewhere, so I I wasn't super rushed to get those out and ready for the army. But I think just you know, sort of getting the the time together with the lockdown, it was like, well, I've got ten models there that you know I'd, I'd normally have to go out and buy. They're already here built. They're sort of half painted, so I stripped them down and started again and got those painted up in, I, I think it was perhaps a week or something at the start of lockdown one. Um, and then Minion uh, got rid of his Nurgle army, his Death Guard army, and in that he actually had a great unclean one. Now that then reminded me that somewhere in one of the storage lofts that I've put my stuff in, that's scattered all over the, the country, I had a Glockkin model um, which I'd actually converted up from um, having it's got the um, Skaven um, I can't remember what it's called there's, a, there's like a, a Skaven piece which has got a, a swinging um, coal block that's basically coals on fire in this cage and it's swinging in, uh, in one of the things I think you could build it up maybe as a screaming bell as well I don't know don't quote me on that I might be wrong um, but there's that's the alternate uh, build and I'd got the this this um, this um, coal block swinging uh, piece and I'd actually converted up the Glockkin to have it on one of its horns um, in front of it so I'd actually done something a bit cool there um, and it was up in the in one of the lofts and I actually finally managed to get it down when I got this great unclean one from Minion and I realized that actually this uh, this Glockkin wasn't finished and it was missing its riders. Um, I know it's got a, a sorcerer and then some sort of plague-ridden rider uh, in Age of Sigmar and that gave me an idea. Now, I'd been when I made my warp rift markers for the Demons of the Runestorm, I used the Skaven um, uh, warp tied things, uh, whatever they're called, the, the Skaven scenery piece, and above that I put the Nocolith crowns, um, I actually got three Nocolith crowns and had them hovering above it with you know different bits of wood holding them up or you know the, the Warlord Atriot power claw that I haven't used um, the claws from, I used that as well, just made them chaosified and on each of the warp rift markers I'd actually added uh, a Nurgling um, as, a, as a nice little detail and I had an idea with this Glockkin that was half done and it got a couple of holes and some missing pieces like horns and the tongue sticking out of its um, right arm and then this left me with sort of this idea that actually I could I could add bits into this model to make it even more unique yes okay it's got the swinging lump of coal um, and with the power of editing I've actually managed to go away quickly and find out what it's called it's called the plague furnace so I've actually yes okay it's got the plague furnace um, bit swinging in front of it to make it unique but actually me getting these other bits and horns and you know tentacly bits from my chaos bits box um, and adding in cool little extras would make this model even more unique now the holes on top of the model, where the normal riders stand, was the bit that gave me the inspiration, which I mentioned the warp rifts, um, which is why I mentioned the warp rifts. I thought, how about we have this massive lumbering beast from the warp, this this huge gargantuan mammoth beast that has come out of the warp rift markers and why not give it a couple of riders? Why not make it a party boat and have it so that it's got 
nurglings riding it. So that meant that I cast out my nets, my searching nets, found as many people as I could that were sparing nurglings. I already had a few from different kits in the past, and I thought, I'm going to find as many unique nurglings as I can to have it have riders on this this glockin and i found the the one that's been sick i found so it's sort of you know travel sick i found the ones that have got their arms around each other so they're partying um there was one that's sort of holding a maggot in the air there was one that's um, like a sorcerer which i sort of he'd got like a hood and a staff I, I put him at the front so that it looks like he's you know using his his psychic powers as hard as he can whilst he's sort of trying to steer this beast that's lumbering below him I found I used one from Mortarian's base, which uh, I think he has a, um, a like a thermite-looking grenade um, on the base. I put him on the base so that you know he's he's got a grenade that he can throw, and you know just made it a really fun, unique little project to paint up. And it was only a couple of weeks ago. I think I mentioned it in one of my uh, weekly roundup podcasts. It was only a couple of weeks ago that I actually managed to get that finished, and it's such a it was such a fun model to to work on once I'd converted it and instead of having on the right arm its tongue coming out I had swapped it for um, it's sick I think it uh, sort of like a vomit chucker spray uh, from one of the Age of Sigmar kits um, just to give it you know a bit more of um, a bit more of a uniqueness to the model because I know I'm not the best converter but I I like having the opportunity that I can convert something or work on something that's a little bit more unique and a bit more interesting than what a standard model is just to set set myself apart from other people and I actually used the vomit from one of the Magath rider sets um, that I'd got some spare bits from and it as I say it just made it a little bit more unique which was a lot of fun uh, it's a lot of fun working on so yeah that's pretty much the Nurgle contingent one great unclean one one Glockkin and some plague bearers and the um, beast of Nurgle uh, yeah that's pretty much it Next, we'll talk about the um, Zinch side. The Zinch side is very small. It's got Ogroid Thermaturge, um, which I got when Silver Tower, I think it was Silver Tower that he was in, uh, I got when Silver Tower came out. And I have two Lord of Change models, one as Kairos and one as a Lord of Change, which I really enjoyed painting up. And it's actually been the most requested model uh, for me to do commissions of. Um, I've had three people request that I do that model for a commission for them. I've not actually had chance yet to sort of book them in or get them confirmed purely because it's you know it's a time-consuming thing that sort of painting style and I did it in the heat of summer so that I could do it outside and get it to dry perfectly because I use contrast and it's a lot of wet blending so um, yeah that one that one was a lot of fun I painted Kairos and the Lord of Change I think I painted them sort of in this same it was either in the same day or one day and then the next day just so that the wet blending was as close as possible for, for what I wanted I, I did make Kairos a little bit darker just because I thought he's the named character let's make him a bit darker so he's a bit more sort of imposing and a bit you know more mysterious so yeah that's pretty much it for the uh, the Zinch side of stuff and then even smaller than that is the Slanesh side um, now I have the um, Keeper of Secrets because he's a cool model um, 
it's one that I was very nervous about. I only painted it recently. You, know, you may remember me talking about it in one of the weekly roundups um, because I was just ever so nervous about painting up something that's a lot of smooth panels. I've I've had Eldar and I know that painting Eldar is is something that's actually quite uh, a scary. It could be a scary thing for um, sort of somebody joining the hobby because it's a lot of flat panels and a lot of sort of smooth features and. I wanted to paint it well and being able to you know get a smooth paint means a lot of time a lot of like care and attention needs to be paid at all points of painting it you can't sort of become sort of uh, you can't distract get distracted or anything when you're painting it um, I do also have Silesque the vengeful um, model the one with the little um, dancing thing above him with the whip um, I, I painted him up when he first came out actually because I, I liked the model it looked like it wasn't super difficult to paint and it would be um, fairly easy because it had like these um, these ridged tattoo looking things on its chest and his arms um, so I do also have one of him as well but that's pretty much it for the Slanesh side you can tell I'm an Eldar player before I was a Slanesh player because uh, as I say I've got two models pretty much for Slanesh um, I do have some demon somewhere but they've just they've been built and sprayed and that's it I think um, Croydon herself she uh, she wanted to look at demonettes because uh, she was sort of looking at the chaos side of stuff um, because she saw how well they played but we don't know if we'll uh, we'll get round to getting those painted for her or not maybe maybe one day we might um, but yes yeah, so so there we go thank you for listening it's been the longest podcast I've ever recorded um, we're at 21 minutes now so if you made it this far congratulations thank you um i will be dropping another one next week um next week it's going to be the obsidian hunters so i'll leave you with that see if you can work out which uh, which army it's going to be and yeah thank you very much for listening and take care